This is our ninth and last session, I think, on Ephesians 4, 17 to 24. And I want to focus on verse 23. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. So let me set it up, pose the question, and then and then we'll ask for the Lord's help. So you didn't you did not learn Christ like all of this tragic sinfulness. Instead, um, you heard him, you were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus. You were taught in him, and then three infinitives, to put off, to be renewed, to put on. So those three steps. We've spent a good deal of time, two sessions at least, on 22 and 24, the putting off, the putting on, and I have not yet focused on why to be renewed in the spirit of the mind is sandwiched in between the uh, putting off of the old person, which is all messed up with desires of deceit, and putting on the new person which is being straightened out and purified and, and re- remade in holiness and righteousness of the truth. So deceit is shaping the desires of the old person, and truth is shaping the desires and the actions and the attitudes of the new person. And sandwiched in between this being deceived and being led by truth is the renewing of the mind. That makes sense, right? Be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and you won't be victims of this deceit. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and you will be shaped by this truth. And that truth, of course, is the truth that is in Jesus. So that's the setup. And the question is, why does he talk about the spirit of the mind, the spirit of the mind? What does that even mean, being renewed as a means to being liberated from this deceitful shaping of our desires to this truth-governed shaping of our desires? So, Father, that's what we want to understand. We We want to know what you mean by our minds having some kind of spirit which has to be renewed so that we can be free. You'll know the truth, and the truth will make you free, you said, and we we want to be free in holiness and righteousness and with a mind that can move in that direction by renewal. I pray for that understanding and change now in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's come at it by the immediate context and then go outside the text and see some guidance. Recall that the problem he's addressing here is that we need to no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their mind. Now, this is rooted. This this futile mind would presumably be the mind that is deceived here and walking in desires that are all corrupt. And if you could get rid of this futility of mind, then your mind would be guided by this truth. So, the futility of the mind here is rooted in darkness, 
alienation from God, and ignorance. So ignorance of truth. But what's beneath the ignorance of truth? Beneath the ignorance of truth is hardness of heart or callousness. And that hardness of heart, which is the basis of the ignorance, which causes the deceit, which leads the mind to be futile, is what has to be changed. So my understanding of spirit of mind here, just on the immediate context, is the, the mind and its ignorance are governed by a spirit, and that spirit here is hard-heartedness, callousness, uh, leaving God out of account. So it's not just that you need a new mind, you need new ways of thinking, but you need a whole new disposition. The mind has to have a dispositional change. The problems are not mainly intellectual, they're the, they're the inclinations of the the mind. Now let's let's test this out. First, I want to say we do have the mind of Christ. For who has understood the mind of the Lord so as to be, instruct him? Nobody but by the Spirit in the wider context here, we have the mind of Christ. In other words, as it says in 2.10, we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. We are a new creation in Christ. We have the mind of Christ. We are trying in this text of renewal to become, by this renewal, who we really are. We want our minds to be brought into the conformity to Christ, whom we really do have. He is in us. He is our new identity. But here's, the, here's what the problem with the mind is, according to Romans 1. Since they did not approve to have God in their knowledge, God gave them up to a debased mind. Now, there you have a mind, and it's described as corrupted, debased. And I presume this has to do with the spirit of the mind. It's not just that they're thinking wrong thoughts, that their logic isn't working, but it's corrupt. What's corrupt about it? They don't want, they don't approve to have God in their knowledge. The mind, this knowing faculty, is wrecked by this approving faculty. That's the issue. This is the spirit, the spirit of the mind. And the spirit of the mind is, I don't want God messing with my mind. I don't want to have to submit to God. I don't want God in my knowledge. I want to run my life. Here's a way to describe it in Colossians 2.18. Let no one disqualify you, insisting on asceticism and worship of angels, going on in detail about visions, puffed up. Now, that's what we saw in Romans 1.28. Arrogant, proud, I do not want God in my mind. I want to be God. Puffed up without reason by the mind of his flesh. So the mind of his flesh is a way of describing a fleshly, carnal, uh, wrecking, messing up, Distortion, misleading of the mind. The flesh would be who we are minus God. Now, what's the remedy for this? The remedy, he says, is be renewed. Now, how do you do that? How do we, 
How do we participate in? This is, a, this is a, an instruction to us. He's teaching us to be renewed. He taught them to be renewed. So there's something we're supposed to be engaged in here. How do we participate in being renewed? Step one, Titus 3.5, God saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration, we were born again, and by renewal of the Holy Spirit. So there is step one. We must rely upon the power of the Holy Spirit and not upon ourselves. We cannot make ourselves new. We cannot change the spirit of the mind. Only the Holy Spirit can do it. Second, we take that Holy Spirit reliance and we fix our minds on truth. Let me give you an example of how this works from 2 Corinthians 4.16 to 2.18. We do not lose heart. Though our outer person is wasting away, means our bodies are physically decaying, going aging, maybe dying of cancer, some horrible disease, we're wasting away. Our inner person, so that's the new person that we're supposed to put on. Our inner person is being renewed. Okay, here it is. Now, how is this happening? Because that's what Ephesians 4.23 says should happen. How are we being renewed? Like this. This, for this light momentary affliction, is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. So that's a truth, right? You can't know that except by revelation. This wasting away, this momentary affliction, is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look, we look, we attend to something, not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. So how is this renewal happening? It's happening like this. We take our minds and we rely upon the Spirit and we look at a truth, the truth that I'm not just wasting away. I am engaged in a suffering that is preparing for me an eternal weight of glory. And we believe it by the power of the Holy Spirit. And that believing of that promise renews us so that we don't sink in self-pity and fear and anxiety and bitterness and anger. We're renewed by the Holy Spirit's enabling us to see the truth. That's what's here. And thirdly, we pray. What do we pray for help? Back to Ephesians 1. I remember you in my prayers, Paul said, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, 
That's what we pray for. The eyes of our heart enlightened would be, we see things in a new spirit, in a new way, so that we may know what is the hope to which we've been called. That's the way it worked back here in 2 Corinthians. The, the eyes of their, her, their hearts, Paul's heart, was enlightened so that he saw the momentary affliction preparing for him an eternal weight of glory. He saw that with the eyes of the heart, and he believed it. And so the steps towards renewing, renewing the spirit of the mind is to, number one, rely upon the Holy Spirit. Number two, look at truth that is in Jesus. Truth that is in Jesus, like your sufferings are working for you an eternal weight of glory. And third, pray that God would work the miracle of opening the eyes of your heart to have a new spirit of your mind that isn't arrogant and proud and pushing God away, but gladly welcoming God and his promises into the shaping of your mind so that deceit is destroyed and truth produces holiness and righteousness. That's the Christian life.